Everything is interesting right here on X-Ray FM. I'm Kira Klingenberg. And I'm Kira Lindenberg. And of course, we are here with the lovely Emily Gilliland. Hello, ladies. Emily. And our awesome producers who we're going to pull into this sort of impromptu uh, episode of Everything is Interesting we're doing today. So last week, I was co-hosting the morning show with Miguel. And we interviewed a journalist who had written an article for Vox about a technology called CRISPR, which is a tool for manipulating DNA and creating genetically modified organisms, or GMOs for short. And as you all may be aware, out there right now, in this town and in this country, there is a heated debate raging out about the use of genetic engineering to create these GMOs. Some people are vehemently against it, while others feel perfectly fine about it. And this journalist that we were interviewing posed the question, will the public feel differently about CRISPR than they do about genetically modified organisms, or GMOs for short? Which is, I thought, a strange question to ask, considering (laughs) that CRISPR is just a way of generating GMOs via genetic engineering. So it made me wonder if presenting CRISPR as a different thing entirely is kind of being done as like this rebranding, like an agricultural researchers are trying to get us to associate a new fresh word with genetic engineering rather than the term GMO, which is very obviously politically charged, which if being played as kind of a dangerous game it of, would be of redirection but i think it depends on how you feel about gmos it does it does certainly to to make it seem like the two are different yeah it, i mean it can only it can only there assume that the public doesn't understand what either of these things are well, i'm going to i'm going to be honest <laughs> with you there are some people that don't and well, i know it because i've tried to have this conversation and fair enough with names like crispr right uh, <laughs> they're if, like that's lettuce right if you're listening out there and you haven't heard of crispr before we will get around to explaining it here in just a second but it it, it is not lettuce <laughs> as crispy as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> so after we were presented with this kind of um, interesting question uh, Kira handled it pretty well on air. Um, she and I also set out to do what we always do, which is to learn the science behind all this and make it a little clear. So on today's show, we're going to look at what it means to genetically engineer something. We're going to explain what CRISPR does and how it does it. And then we're going to open up the discussion right here in studio to you guys, like your thoughts on genetically modified organisms and their place or not in our world. And we want to hear from you guys out there. We want to hear from you, Emily. We want to hear from Miguel and Joey in the studio. Um, but listeners, please call in. What do you think about GMOs? We want to hear. If you have an opinion on this topic or just a burning question, please text us. Uh, what is the text number, guys? 971-220-5979. There you go. She's got text a tattooed in, on the inside please. of her eyelids. We would love to have you be part of this conversation <laughs> today. So yeah, so that's a big question. Is it GMOs? Is it the way that we use GMOs? What's the problem? Sh- should we abolish GMOs entirely? And then, <clears throat> well, that's that's like three big questions. <laughs> <laughs> there are a How lot of much big time questions. do we have? Um, first of all, I would like to establish, like before we before we really get into this discussion, when we are talking about geno- genetic modification, because I feel like every single thing that I just so we're clear, this is a really heated topic for everyone, included me. Like I can't read about GMOs without like banging my fist on the table. Um, everything you read about genetic modification and like why it's okay and we should be using it in agriculture starts with the sentence: humans have been genetically modifying things for thousands of years. Um, no. 
Well, Sorry. Well, no. well, 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 let's let's get clear. Yes, we have been via things like crossbreeding and natural selection and sexual reproduction. Genes have been modified since the beginning of time. But, <gasps> but, but, but what we're going to start this show with is we would like to establish at least a, a loose definition that's a little bit more specific when we talk about what genetically modified organisms we're really debating here. So Yeah, the World Health Organization, uh, their definition is that uh, genetically modified organisms are plants, animals, or microorganisms in which the genetic material or DNA has been altered in a way that does not occur naturally by mating and or natural recombination, which is why I say that Taking pollen off of one apple tree and putting it on another apple tree, I'm sorry, but that is not genetic modification. That is like putting two things together and hoping that they reproduce, which is a completely natural and has nothing to do with us, except for that we put them in but closer as proximity. It, as it is with labeling and jargon and semantics, you have to be very clear about what you're talking about. Oh, fair point. Because if you say something like genetic modification, and then, you know, you're not you're not wrong when you say that genetic recombination via sexual reproduction yeah. and, you know, normal cross-pollination of plants isn't. It's yeah. just you need, you know, we have to define what it is. What is it we're actually talking about? Yeah. Okay, so, before we get I would into, say like, we'll go with the World Health Organization the, that you just read for today's discussion. So before we get into like the nitty gritty of like what genes are and what CRISPR is and whatever, um, I, I want to hear from Emily and I want to hear from our producers like short story. How do you feel about genetically modified organisms? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily just has one sound to make. Joey, Kareem, you want to start? How do you feel? Honestly, when I was introduced to that, I, I was there for the Friday show too. And... The biggest thing I took away from not just the article but the conversation was that it seems to me like it's more or less, and this is just my opinion, but it's more or less a rebranding than than anything else. But like, why? What what was your theory about why would they want to rebrand? Well, I, I think for CRISPR, I think there's more of an intention to be more transparent with not just the technology, but you know the implications of it as well. And I think with GMOs um, or what we what I remember of them or know of them myself is that it was more of like in in the background in the shadows like a bigger corporate organization is what brought these what we now know as GMOs into to the public market that is interesting and I totally disagree but we'll get into it in a minute <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here what's that that's why we're here yeah exactly Kareem how about you well you know I don't find GMOs that shady I think it's pretty pretty clear that they are. Uh, I don't think CRISPR is much different. I I agree with Joey on that. So uh, this is Emily, and I come from a farming community. I have lots of thoughts about this. Um, <laughs> and and I and and I was also a philosophy major, so I'll just tee it up with Ooh, that because yeah. I feel like there is it's hard to draw a line. Um, and I, and an example, and you being incredible science-minded folks would love your thoughts on this, but, you know, the world health definition here have been altered. So um, organisms that have been altered in a way that does not occur naturally by mating and or natural recombination. So when we think about pesticides, herbicides, is that genetic modification? The use of pesticides and yeah. herbicides? Uh, I think that the genetic modification conversation when it comes to crops and that isn't isn't the 
and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not the pesticides that are genetically modified, it's the plants that are modified right. to be more resistant to pesticides. So in that case, absolutely, that's genetic modification. Well, but but there is a secondary part to that story, which is that in cre- so what tends to happen is that we create these, like so like the Roundup Ready crops, I'm sure you've right. heard of, they are genetically modified, and that's, you know, like, yeah. like with we did that manually um, to be resistant to Roundup, to um, uh, glyphosate, I believe it is. Um, and then what happens is that that we we do that we we spray it all over these plants so that weeds won't grow right because these Mm -hmm. weeds uh, it kills it kills the weeds but then what happens and i think this happened within like a couple of years is that you get all these weeds that spring up that have now naturally selected for um also being immune to glyphosate so super weeds Right, exactly, and so that so that was that's not the same kind of genetic modification because we didn't like do that with our hands, but um, but it is a good point that, that ah, it's like a knock-on effect. Like yeah. you end up. That's funny. You actually via the artificial uh, yeah. genetic yeah. modification, you end up yeah. promoting. So where's natural, the line? And, right. and that's right, and that's a very interesting point of like this is part of the conversation of GMOs, right? I mean, and everybody always says like it's not just GMOs. It's like it's a huge conversation because what effects are you having on the other plants and animals, mm-hmm. on the ecosystem as a whole, um, on the people who are eating GMOs? Like what? Yeah, well, and I think I think maybe that's my biggest argument. Well, okay, this is this is Kira, if you didn't know that already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like my opinion on GMOs is that I don't, necessarily have an opinion on GMOs as a whole because the as we'll get into the subject is so incredibly broad and versatile mm-hmm. and the amount of effects and consequences that can that can come out of each individual situation with each individual type of genetic modification or method it's 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 astounding one I don't think we'll ever actually know what the consequences of what we're doing are going to be just yeah. because in the scope of time like how many thousands of years do we need to see uh, what changing the gene pool is going to do to us and other organisms around us? Right. Sure, yeah. yeah. But then also, yeah, it's just there's there's almost too much. Like I, I would rather take it on a situational basis, like for instance, Roundup Ready crop versus mm-hmm. another you know form yeah. of modification to snip out a errant DNA in an embryo or something like that. Yeah. Like those are two different things in my opinion, but we call them all GMOs, right, which is, I right. think, problematic. Well, so then that's a real, okay, so we have a text in that says define transgenic, which is a more precise term than GMO, and that's that's a, a very good suggestion. Um, actually, before we do that, though, this might be a good place to kind of really take a moment to get into what's actually going on with genes. And so like why what, what is, DNA is. Yeah, and like why we're, why it's even possible, because to talk about transgenesis, it's a way of, of getting DNA spliced into Yeah, let's DNA. start at so, the very beginning. So yes, place to start get to that question let's (laughs) let's go ahead and dig in a little bit to the science okay so here's the like very basic uh synopsis inside every living cell of every living organism from human to plant to bacteria to like weird unicellular creature living at the bottom of the ocean there is a long string of these little molecules called deoxyribonucleic acid which we shorten to dna imagine it like a big long helix of connects you visualizing this? Like a like zipper. Little, I always think of a zipper. Yeah, a zipper, zipper, a zipper is good too. Just long, endless, endless string. Yeah, and so if if each of these zipper teeth or connects pieces or whatever is like one of four different colors, then you kind of have an idea of what DNA is like. And depending on the patterns that these colors make, you 
have different, you're coding for different genes. It's like a recipe. Mm-hmm. It's like a little mm-hmm. recipe that tells your body what to make. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really weird. And again, we can do like a whole entire show on what DNA is. But for now, just trust us that these little connects basically are a blueprint, right? And so your little there are little proteins and enzymes in your body that by taking other little connects blocks or zipper teeth or whatever you're imagining Molecules. and putting them into, <laughs> I always want to talk about everything in, 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 in stories and Kira's like, yeah, this is reality. Um, anyway, <laughs> if you take other little colored blocks and you stick them into the, the spaces that are in between um, the, the DNA, then you've made like a short little strand of DNA and then you can pop that off and you can roll it up into a ball and then you have like an enzyme or a transport protein or a piece of a cell wall or like whatever you're building. But this DNA, it codes for every single molecule in your body, every single one. Um, so it's really, really important. And you know, each cell, each cell in the whole world has its own individual DNA, right? And, and, it's, and it's unique and it's whatever. But since each cell uses their DNA to build their next daughter cell, the daughter cell will have more or less exactly the same DNA, but variations will happen from imperfections in the copying process and from mixing and recombining of genes, which again are just like long sequences of DNA during sexual reproduction. Certain mutations and variations end up contributing to an organism's survival. So let's say you get like a weird mutation in your DNA that all of a sudden lets you be... Not die in, in super hot weather like yeah, I'm exactly. doing right now. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so that, that gene, that sequence of DNA is going to be passed on to your offspring. And over long periods of time and many successive generations, that alters the characteristics of your descendants. And and just to just to throw in too that in in general those are the only ways that DNA gets altered is through sort of random yeah until we came along <laughs> exactly yeah that's I think that's maybe what fuels such a high debate over what we're doing and have been doing since 1972 or three yeah. I think yeah and that's that's the other thing is that um we've been doing genetic modification for like over 40 years, mm. right? Um, and, and it started with bacteria. We realized that we could take a short strand of DNA, put it in a Petri dish with uh, an E. coli bacteria, and the E. coli would eventually take that. I don't know how, like that's the part that freaks me out. I don't know how it gets incorporated into the DNA, except that there's like ligases that snip the DNA and then it just like randomly. Like, right. This it, gene goes here now. Imagining them doing manual laboratory uh, genetic modification in 1972 is, is pretty... Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Hey, science fans, Kira here. Not both of us, just one of us. We didn't meld into the same person, I promise. Anyway, I've got some very cool news. Everything is Interesting has started a Patreon page. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for Kira and I to gain financial support to help us make this show. By donating a few dollars each month, you can help us up our production game, expand the scope of our topics, and create even more content for you, our listeners. And guess what else? Depending on how much you choose to support us each month, we'll give you access to bonus mini-episodes, deleted content, the originally composed music we use on the show, and everything is interesting, stickers and t-shirts. They're actually really cool. I have people stop me all the time and ask where they can get the t-shirt who have never even heard of the show before. They're really awesome. And if you decide to become a top tier donor, we might even invite you to be on Everything is Interesting. But most importantly, your funds will help us reach more listeners, expanding enthusiasm for science and science education in our community. To become a science supporter, visit patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash everything is interesting. 
Thank you so much for supporting us and for supporting science. And now on with the show. Do you, do you guys know anything about the way that genetic modification has traditionally been done? Like how we get the genes into... Hmm. Well, I think that would get to this listener's question about trans- trans- transgenesis, right? Because that's one of the ways that oh, we yeah. get those genes in there. Yeah. Do you guys know anything about it? Mm. No, I just kind of assume you, you mate the plants and you get a super plant out of that. Uh, oh. That's that's the non-laboratory way. Yeah, no, see, that, that's what... If you were like an anti-GMO person, like you might call that natural. Like mating two plants together, that would happen in nature. This is like so... Oh, no, I'm going to get bad tweets. This is, quote, unquote, unnatural because we are, like, forcing it to happen. In a lab. My Although, f- I have to cut in and also say that, that to, to have a, an organism cut in or, um, like, go in and genetically modify something isn't actually unnatural. Because, okay, that's a good point. Because bacteria and viruses do it all the time. And also humans <laughs> humans are part of nature, so the things that we do are natural. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, there's so many layers We're to not this. the only ones that do it. It's it's just we might be the only ones right now that do it to other organisms. Oh, Other snap. than ourselves. Dang. Another show. I'll this tell, you, I'll tell you about bacteria <laughs> that cut and splice uh, invading viral genes one yeah. day. That's, that's okay, a really okay. cool thing. So up until, so like from the 70s on up until about 10 years ago, the way that we got um, uh, genes that do not, and that's, that's the thing, right? That, I'm sorry if I didn't, transgenesis is you are taking genes from, let's say, a fish, and you are putting them into the genetic code, the piece of DNA inside, so let's say, a tomato. That's a real thing that you we know why really they do have it? done. I, I work in grocery, so I know why they do it. It's so that they make the tomato skin thicker and more resilient to uh, transport. There's something about the fish gene that does that, or whichever gene they chose. Does it taste like fish, though? No, no. But it's just, I remember I learned that, and I was like, that's why my tomatoes look so darn that's good. That's why my tomatoes have scales. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually stand in the back all day and I just brush the scales <laughs> off each individual tomato so that you guys don't have to deal with this consequence Grocery of secrets. I love it. Um, have you guys ever heard of a gene gun? No. Well, you can buy one online for $30. What's a gene gun? It's you. So the way, the way that we get, there's a bunch of different ways, but my favorite way to get genes into the nucleus of, a, of another cell where it doesn't belong, like AKA fish genes into a tomato, um, is you, t- you copy the gene many, many times and then you wrap it around a tiny golden bullet and then you put it in a gene gun and you shoot it into the nucleus of the tomato cell and then eventually the gold bullet dissolves and the wow. tomato DNA um, takes up the the new genes. If you didn't think we were living in the future, the future we is now. We live in the future. Did we answer the transgenesis question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's it's recombinant DNA. It's taking genes from one species and putting them into another. That's actually, and that's an interesting combina- uh, uh, conversation because, you know, in, in nature, moving things between species is incredibly rare. So is that something that we have a lot of data on about what the consequences are of doing mm-hmm. that? No, mm-hmm. not yet. Do, do do you guys, does anybody, like, has this changed your thought? I mean, we'll, we'll get more into depth because I want to talk about CRISPR and what that does also. But, like, as of right now, do you guys feel like your your idea of GMOs or your opinion of GMOs has changed? Not yet. Not really. Okay. I, I don't think that's the goal of the program, though, is to change anyone. No, opinion. I know. I was just che- I'm just checking in. Okay. okay I'm just, just I'm taking see. the pulse of, right. of the show. I would like to throw out there, there's a few other ways uh, that ge- genetic modification in genetic engineering has been done. There's not just transgenesis. There's also uh, mutagenesis, which is oh, yeah. very interesting because it actually, as far as I read is in the European standards, does not have to be regulated and labeled as a GMO. It's no. not considered a genetic modification. However, it is. So it's u- the use of exposing 
plants to radiation or mutagenic chemicals <laughs> uh, in order to scramble or modify their genes. So that's one way. You can also silence genes. So uh, we're going to get into it real quickly with CRISPR oh, here in a yes. second. You can, we have the technology to go in and, and you're shut not talking down. about splicing out. You're talking about like epigenetics, like, like turning literally off, turn, okay. turning. Okay. Turning. Actually, maybe CRISPR doesn't do that. Then am I wrong to say that you could silence genes with CRISPR? I can't answer that question. Okay, I could forget that I just said that part. But uh, you can you can go in and you can <laughs> pretend like, we know everything. You can guys. turn off one of those genes so that the gene can't copy anymore and it can no longer code for. Let's say there's a protein that we know causes cancer we we don't right now but if we did and we knew how to go and we could turn that dna off so that it stops producing that protein in the body and you in theory would then not get that cancer okay so, th- um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to and then there's crispr to modify right okay so let's get to crispr because this is what the conversation on friday was about um uh oh we don't we don't have that much more time. I gotta, I gotta roll through this. Okay, really quickly. You gotta Chris- tell people about CRISPR. I know. Okay, look. So, so the whole point of this, of doing this show, was that. Um, in talking about CRISPR on Friday, it was really odd because we kept using CRISPR as like a verb, and I'm like, no, 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 no. CRISPR, <laughs> it's it's literally just a short piece of DNA that we have extracted from a bacteria. Right. You don't you don't CRISPR something. Right. It sounds like you, you genetically should, modify let's go something. CRISPR it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just very simply, the bacteria has it's it's created this CRISPR. It's a way for again just a strand of DNA embedded into its longer strand of DNA. And the whole point of it is that it um, it's for cutting viruses, which are also weirdly, again, just strands of DNA. Um, it's for cutting viruses out of the bacterial DNA. So it's really good at finding like exactly where a viral gene starts and then like snipping the DNA right there. Yeah, remember when I said that bacteria and viruses do genetic modification? This is, we stole this from a bacteria. Who does it? Oh my gosh, you just blew my mind. And I'm not even kidding right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You're we, right. We straight up were like, hey, bacteria, we see you're doing this. How are you doing this? Oh, can we have that? And then, oh then my we figured, I mean, you're it right. wasn't that simple, but kind of cool. Okay, so like we extract this little piece, this CRISPR piece of DNA from the bacteria, and then we tell it exactly, we, we like attach a gene to it. Like maybe, sometimes we artificially create, um, let's say, a gene for blue eyes, right? Like that's the one that everybody always uses. Um, and then you attach <laughs> it to this, this CRISPR, and <laughs> you want a tomato with blue eyes? We can do that. Uh, you attach it to this CRISPR DNA, you send it into the nucleus of your tomato cell or whatever. Um, and then CRISPR tells, or CRISPR is able to cut and paste exactly where you want it to. It's sort of like a word processor, right? You're like, I want to put this sentence right in between this other sentence. Um, so it's just, it's genetic modification or genetic engineering. It's just a very, very, very precise tool way right? to it's, do it. Yeah, it's a tool in order to continue to conduct and create genetically modified organisms. <laughs> so this this brings another question to mind that I had for you guys in the studio and out there, uh, do you feel like the way that we create genetic, m- genetically modified organisms changes the way you feel about them? Mm. Or is it genetic, is it just simply having genetically modified organisms that makes, gives you all the weird feels or good feels? I think knowing about this in a bit more detail, I feel, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't feel very strongly about it either way. Um, I think it's important to continue with this discussion as open as it's been at least yeah i feel like we need like four more shows right. to really cover this topic like, i really thought we were going to be able to do this in one show oh yeah. that's good it's, i mean it's a discussion that's what, that's what we're saying i mean like for instance 
well, th- uh, we just got a text in that GMO is fine unless it's for glyphosate immunity. Uh, trace herbicide in your food is bad, which is what we were talking about earlier with the Roundup Ready. That, that actually might be a different question now that I think about it. That's more, um, is the GMO bad or is it the way we're using the GMO I th- that ends I, up being bad? Because yeah, think- that, that maybe is a separation in the debate that really needs to be looked at. Is like, you know, is the act of genetically engineering something necessarily a problem in a lab or is it only a problem when we use it commercially? And, and I would totally argue the latter. I think I would be inclined to agree. Or at least I would be inclined to say there's a lot more risk when we allow it to get into yeah the gene uh, pool the open markets as yes. one might say yes and into the open environment but to play devil's advocate to myself um, <laughs> <laughs> and Emily I want to hear what you think too uh, okay the term genetically modified organism right like we've just told you how it's done I think it really about like if you have a problem with eating something that's genetically modified or you're like worried because it's going to get into the gene pool like okay I understand those concerns what I don't understand is why we lump everything together and I think this is an issue of like not having enough information about what a genetically modified organism is I could use CRISPR to put like one random base pair into the DNA of a tomato and then it's a genetically modified tomato should you be worried about eating that tomato Probably not. Like, you know, Mm. the enzymes in your body are pretty smart. They can tell when there's one extra base pair. Um, You could also use it to to put in a gene from a different kind of tomato. Should you be worried about that? I don't know. That's up for debate. You could also use CRISPR or one of these genetic modification uh, techniques to put in a gene from a pig. Should you be worried about that? Possibly different scenario. Yeah, because every, we, every every single situation is so different, and that's right. And that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like before you're like, I hate GMOs. Like that's that's such a that's like saying like my Ford pickup truck burst into flames. Therefore, I hate everything with four <laughs> wheels. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's you. Know, it's, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> just kidding. Ford is great. This is not in any way. It was just the first car that came to mind. And just, just to throw out there, by the way, uh, the, the insulin that people use who have uh, diabetes and who, oh. they need it every single day is a product of genetic modification. It has been for many years now. Yeah. Um, yet it often doesn't come up in the debate uh, when we mm. talk about GMOs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's from a genetically modified bacteria. That's how we get all that lovely, lovely insulin. So you, you inject it into the bacteria, and then the bacteria no they do they, they, they I think they insert uh, a gene into the bacteria that gets it to produce insulin, huh? And then and then it's just like our little insulin farms. Yeah. So you know, but it, again, different scenario, different uses, different applications, different. It's done in a laboratory. It doesn't have the opportunity to get out and spread to right. other bacterial crops <sighs> out there. So mm. you know, different implications. I have so many more things to say about this. And I think we have to move on to the next segment. Yeah, I think I think we might have actually. I think it's a to be continued. Dot dot dot. I think it, so. it is. If there's anything you take from this, this is an ongoing conversation, <laughs> and it should be. And it shouldn't be something that you just stand there and say, "I am against GMOs," or right. "I am for yes. GMOs," because recognize that this is an incredibly broad subject. Yeah. There are so, so many things. So much nuance. There's yeah, just a good takeaway. Methods, motivations, results, consequences that we don't know. Like, please. Mm-hmm. Please don't don't take too hard of a stance on it. When we're you can together. definitely take a stance on wanting more research Absolutely. done and having more data about Absolutely. the long sta- the long term consequences and the far reaching consequences. Yeah, because more research is not gonna hurt us. Yeah. We need to know more, frankly. 
just anyway, in general about the world everything about everything uh thank you so much for being part of this conversation emily it was awesome oh my to gosh with you. you two are just yeah, i i want to like hang out with you over coffee because i imagine that this is sort of a microcosm of how many how hours do you have <laughs> <laughs> yes and are you prepared for those hours to double even though you didn't expect them to double? i love it so great i love your curiosity i love how you approach things so thank awesome. you for sharing your incredible passion with the world of course thank you guys and thanks creed thanks joey for your guys's opinions yeah and thank will... you for everyone who texted in today and who listened we, we are so glad you were able to be part of this conversation. Um, if you want to listen to this or any episode of our show, Everything is Interesting, you can find them all on our website, which is everythingisinteresting.org. Or you can also go to your podcast app, whichever one you have, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. We have all of our episodes there as well. Yeah, and please continue to send us your comments, your feedbacks, your burning science questions. You can follow us on Twitter as at Kira and Kira, and that's spelled K-I-R-A-A-N-D-K-E-E-R-A. Uh, find us at Facebook at Everything is Interesting Podcast or email us at hello at everythingisinteresting.org. For now, I'm Kira Lindenberg. And I'm Kira Klingenberg. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. This is X-Ray, where radio is yours.